This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. It's time for Friday Follies, right here on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated restricted for anyone listening under the age of 17. Frequent or prolonged examples of adult situations, violence, or coarse language may apply. Ooh, this should be good! The Asphalt Jungle. New York City. It's the kind of place that'd eat a man's soul alive. Chew him up and spit the bones out all over the street. For the average passerby to step on and crush. Leaving nothing but gristle and powder and splintered bones. It's a darn good thing this isn't New York City. But it is the city nonetheless. My city. It's the place where I write, the place where I live, the place where I put down my dreams. And right now my dreams were clogged. A city full of soot and smog. Far, far too many people. I needed a break. I remember the country where I grew up. The field, the stream, the sky. All that other faggy country stuff. Yeah, I didn't want to go back there. I was going to take a break right here. In a coffee shop. Where I could get some Java. Terrific. It's the only good coffee shop in my entire neighborhood, and it's packed full of the beautiful people. Looks like college students again, mostly. Living out their pathetic little lives. What are they working on here? Probably a novel in the corner. Screenplay? They don't know what's what. All living with their aspirations and dreams, I suppose. Better than nothing. I approach the counter, and I'm addressed by a pimply, zitty-faced young man. Probably yet another one of the student class. Dreaming his way through life. Can I help you, sir? He says in a thin, undernourished voice to me. I check him up and down. A reedy guy in his early 20s, tied back dreadlocks, all over an apron with a button on that says, Ask me about our latest coffee. So there, Chester. What about your latest coffee? It's Sumatran Rainforest Blend. He says it with a disdained air like he's been all around the world. Kid's probably lucky if he's been out of his hometown. He'll learn, though. I was like him once. Thought I knew it all, back when I was young and foolish. Sir, are you actually going to order anything, or are you just going to stand there and vaguely insult me? Hang on a second, son. You can actually hear my internal monologue. What internal monologue? You're just standing there talking to yourself. He thinks he knows it all. Standing there thinking about the broken dreams of a middle-aged man. What would he know about it? Sir, I do have a job to do here. Uh, If you're going to order coffee, I'd appreciate it. He's just another ghost Uh, that passes through the lives of people like me. A ghost? Sir, if you really... People with stories to tell. In the end, he's just a walk-on in my life's play. All right, all right. I get it. Two can play at that game. Huh? So I check him out. What? He looks like a typical guy in his 30s. Kind of beaten down. Life always beats you down. I wonder what happens to people once they get on in their lives that they find themselves just completely flattened like a steamroller runs them down. I I didn't have time for people like that. I was up and moving. I still had some youth left in me. Hey, 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 hey. This is my story, okay? You can't hijack my internal monologue and turn it into yours. He said with an air of indignation. The kind that the old reserve for the young. Uh, The ones who still have promise in life while theirs just drift away and break apart like little bubbles. The young punk was grandstanding now. Uh, 
trying to act as if the whole world was his oyster and as if this story belonged to him. But in fact, it belonged to me, he said, gesturing wildly and flop sweating into the wind, whiffing off a stale air of alcohol and cigarettes. The young twerp mused through glazed eyes, clouded over by a haze of cannabis and alt-rock lyrics. The old man mused, thinking about how all his heroes from the past were either dead of drug overdoses or recurrent VH1 in Vegas sellouts. The little tyke stammered out, knowing full well that his current level of heroes are just empty shells shilled out by corporations. Now, the heroes of my past were much deeper and much more full of soul and power. His voice trailed off as he was sucked into an undertow of nostalgia for his salad days. Not that I could blame him, looking as ragged and as rumpled as he did. Whimpered the little fashion victim in an ultimately futile attempt to try and undermine my sense of style and panache. The old man dressed like he had just stepped out of an old Robert Altman movie. It was a little on the pathetic side, seeing someone not grow up and yet grow up so much. The wannabe Rasta light slacker boy just stood there open-mouthed and kind of stared at me with a sort of empty look that burned right through the facading air that he put off all around him like a miasma of failure. Failure that surrounded him his entire youthful life. The failure that stretched out before him like a blank canvas of infinity, heading towards a void of shining debris. I watched them both for as long as I could stomach. Every single day it was the same old thing. They would come in here and begin that fight. I loved them both dearly. I had not the heart to tell them that each was my lover. I had to find some way to break it to them, but but how could I? I realized right there and then that mostly what I needed was respite for my soul, a soul damaged from my past. Hey, what happened to the POV? Hey, come back with that. Then I realized I had to go very quickly. I had to meet an old friend of mine, and I didn't know it at the time, but I was on my way to a rendezvous with destiny. So without further ado, I simply left the coffee shop for a rendezvous with... The pretty young thing passed me as if she were in dire straits, and the devil himself was riding on her backside. But you know what? A player like me doesn't have time for that. Young people rushing everywhere. Ever since I came here from the old country, I've only seen... Young people rushing around as if they didn't have Everyday life at the coffee shop was always just like this. I don't have time for little peons like this. Tell you it's hard enough to make it on the street these days without peeling. Give me that. I want that. You've been listening to the Nouveau Radio Theatre Guild's production of Dramatis Personae, a deconstructionist radio play in the vein of the old Corwin plays of the 1930s. And this is October 6, 2005. You're experiencing technical difficulties. Please stand by. Come here, you. Welcome back to the program. Whoops, Smith left the metronome running. Welcome back to the program. I'm your host, Kai and Chris Conroy, and you are indeed listening to Technical Difficulties. Somewhere in my early 30s on the show, and in my late 30s in age, if that's important to you. Uh, welcome back. Uh, flying solo again this week. Uh, this is uh, another, another turn at the comedy wheel, and uh, we are now fully into October. It's uh, a cold, brisk day here in Minneapolis, and I hope you'll enjoy the warmth of the comedy stylings, or whatever that means. Anyway, welcome back to the show, and uh, let's go. On this week's episode of Technical Difficulties, we would like you to consider a charity. It's the Center for the Study for Hyperattention Span Deficit Disorder. 
October is the center's annual pledge drive, and this year we're hoping to raise up to $20 million to help with the debilitating illness of, oh, just look at all those leaves that fell past my window. I'm sorry, what was I saying? Is that candy? Can I have some? This week's episode is also brought to you by Nature's Edge Deodorant and Body Spray. One quick spritz, and you'll be swarmed by clouds of stinging insects. Nature's Edge. That'll learn ya. And from Bjorski's, Russia's most flammable vodka. Just perfect for taking care of all those household pests. That's Bjorski's Vodka with a thousand and one uses. As long as they all involve burning things. Now, Mr. Del Monte, I understand that you've decided to throw yourself on the mercy of this court and uh, enter a plea for the reduced charge of manslaughter. Yes, Your Honor. Now, this requires a complete disclosure of the crime as it happened. You will understand that, don't you, Mr. Del Monte? Yes, I do. Well, let's hear it then. Well... Um, I was I was standing waiting for a bus, uh, just minding my own business, you know. I was on my way to work, and uh, I noticed that there was this voice behind me saying, "Excuse me." And I turned around and looked that there was this dog. He was like kind of like a round egg with glasses on, and he was holding a cattle prod, and he was talking to a rat. I see. Go on. Well, anyway, he asked me that he could use me as an illustration and experiment to show how people are basically just herd animals. Yes. Well, I said I was just waiting for a bus, and I politely asked him to leave me alone, and he jabbed me in the leg with the cattle prod. I see. And I fell over screaming in pain, and he just turned to the rat and said, there, look, stupid and slow to respond, or something like that, I don't remember and he tried to jab me again. So I reached over and grabbed one of those traffic pylons that was off to the side of the road because they were working on the lamppost, and I grabbed it, and I beat the dog to death with it. I see. I'm really sorry, Your Honor. I didn't mean yeah, to do yes. it, but I was under a lot of duress, yeah, and I was yes, being yes. called a cow yeah, and being jabbed yes, with a cattle prod by uh, a dog with uh, glasses. Uh, I don't know what I yes, lost control. Uh, I'm so sorry. Mr. Del Monte, for willfully causing the death of internationally renowned comic strip character Dogbert, this court hereby sentenced you to look around your feet. Uh, if you see any papers or gum or dust bunnies or something, just gather them up and throw them in the trash on the way out the door. Yes, thank you, Your Honor. That's one case down. What's next, bailiff? Mr. Jeffy Keed, sir. He's charged with vandalism uh, in the form of leaving large black rectangles all over his neighborhood again. Ah, uh, good to see you again, Mr. Keen. Welcome back to my courtroom. And in the interest of brevity in this case, I will let you know that any so-called testimony by not me or I don't know will be deemed inadmissible in advance, so don't even try it. We'll return to Comic Strip Court right after this. Dad, um, can I ask a question? Sure, honey, what is it? Well, there's this boy at school who I find cute, and I'd like him to go out with me, but I can't get him to notice me. What should I do? Well, have you tried cock-punching him? You think that'd work? Well, hell yeah, you can't say he won't notice you after that. Oh. Then when he's writhing around on the ground, if he won't go out on a date with you, you can uh, just steal his wallet and run. Oh, really? Yeah, it works really well, and he'll be so embarrassed that he got mugged by a girl, he'll never tell anyone. So it's sort of a win-win scenario, huh? Oh, you know it, honey. Okay, well, I'll give it a try. Thanks, Dad. Go get him, Tiger. You know, you don't have to be perfect to be a foster parent. But we're betting you could probably do better than this guy, and he qualified. So consider becoming a foster parent today. It's just like being a real parent, only the kids are returnable. Let me see this again. Is it true? I can't believe it. It's absolutely scandalous. It's absolutely shameful. 
Nurse. Yes, Dr. Leahy? I have just been reading The Lancet here, and do you know what it says, nurse? No, what, doctor? Well, according to this, an alarmingly large number of comedy sketches begin inside of doctor's offices. Really? Yes, the doctor will be minding his own business, reading a newspaper or a report or something like that, like a magazine or the copy of The Lancet, and suddenly a patient will be sent in to interrupt the proceedings, and then comedy will ensue. And this goes on very often, then? Often? It's practically an epidemic. It goes on continuously, evidently, and it's all due to the part of unoriginal writing and following these structured formats for comedy I think it's absolutely shocking and appalling mm, sounds very bad oh, by the way Mr. Hanover is here for his 3 o'clock appointment is he? oh well please send him in he'll let me put uh, away my copy of The Lancet certainly uh, doctor right this way Mr. Hanover uh, thank you nurse doctor ah Mr. Hanover it's certainly good to see oh I just got the irony of the situation I see you've been reading The New Lancet then doctor yes I have and I'm not being party to any one of these pandemics well maybe we should start the sketch over in a more unique fashion well that's fine with me capital idea let's start the whole thing over and this time no cliches one non-cliched change of venues later why this is shocking it's absolutely horrifying I, I don't know what to do is it? nurse yes doctor do you know what it says in this month's issue of the amateur rodent pole vaulters association journal no I don't doctor the pages are all written in Coptic Greek is it well then I'm not illiterate after all by the way, Doctor, Mr. Hanover has just parachuted out from his floating island fortress and is here for his weekly decompression. Well, tell him to smash his way through the windows and I'll see him presently. Ah, hello, Doctor. Good to see you. Mr. Hanover, why, you're perfectly naked. Yes, I've been working all day on my margarine farm. And how are the little buggers? Why, just dandy. Soon Scotland will be ours for the taking. Well, if you don't need me anymore, Doctor, I'm going to put on this asparagus costume and continue to teach the manatee how to use the loom. Ah, carry on, nurse. Have fun. Mr. Hanover here and I will discuss... Issues of... You don't suppose we've strayed a little bit too far away from convention, do you? Well, it is bordering on the annoyingly surreal, yes. To be perfectly honest, Doctor, I I think I preferred the cliched version better. Yes, I suppose there is something to be said for tradition, isn't there? All right, well, let's start it over one more time, then. One quick return to a cliched sketch later... Perhaps we should hurry this up before we lose the audience entirely? Well, normally I would say let them swelter, because they get the show for free, you know. But I suppose you're right. All right, let's get on with this. Uh, what was it? Uh, blah, 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 blah. Lancet, uh, shocking, yes, doctor, da, 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 da. Yeah, Mr. Hanover is kind of come to it, yes. Hello, doctor. Couldn't resist, could you? Not with a sound effect that classy, no. Yes, well, on with the so-called comedy, then. <clears throat> Ah, Mr. Hanover, it's so good to see you. Did you get my call? Why, no, I didn't, doctor. You didn't? Well, hold on. Here, take this to a pharmacist and have it filled out immediately. Righto. Is there Mr. Hanover here? That's me. Uh, here's your prescription, sir. Why, thank you. Hanover speaking. Ah, Mr. Hanover, this is Dr. Chauncey. I need to see you in my office immediately. I'll be right there. Well, I'm back. Wonderful, and how was that prescription I gave you? Fine, since you called. Well, just remember to keep rubbing your cell phone all over the infected area until the rash goes away or your neighbors start to complain. So you said you wanted to see me, doctor, at the office? I thought I told you never to call me at the office. Oh, well, I'll be right back then. Hello, this is Doctor at the office. Doctor, this is Mr. Hanover. Ah, Mr. Hanover, where are you now? I'm in a house with a lone babysitter. Get out of there, Hanover. We've traced the call. It's coming from inside that house. God help me. I was too late. I'm back. Any calls from me while I was gone? Why, yes, there was one from you. Did I leave a message? Here, let me check. Hello, my name is Alan Hanover. I'm six foot two. I have brown hair, blue eyes. I like water skiing, sport fishing, and wearing salami for pants. Looking for someone with similar interests. And does that jog your memory, Mr. Hanover? All right, Doctor, you got me. It's a fair cop, and I confess. 
What am I looking at? Well, Hanover, you're looking at me, and frankly, I'm intrigued by that lustful yet playful look in your eyes. Let's not beat around the bush, Doctor. I assume you've called me in here because my tests have come back from the lab. Yes, I'm afraid they have. Well, give it to me straight then, Doctor. I'm sorry, but if I do that, I'll be violating Dr. Klein's privilege. But I thought I was your client, Doctor. Yes, and you've been getting entirely too many privileges as far as I'm concerned. When was the last time you cleaned your room? Does burning it to the ground qualify as cleaning? Well, in the classical biblical definition, yes. Well, then I cleaned it just before I came over here. Good boy. Your mother and I will be raising your allowance by 50 cents starting this week. Huzzah! Now adding that to the $5,000 a week you already give me for allowance, I'll be able to afford gum. And pay off that mounting cocaine debt. Wonderful, but what of my condition, Doctor? Yes, well, about your condition. Do you want the good news or the bad news? What's the bad news? There's no good news. And what's the good news? Evidently, a Texas grand jury consisting entirely of Tom DeLay's close family indicted him just for laughs. I thought you said there was no good news, Doctor. If that's who you really are. And what do you think you're impugning there, Dagmar? Nothing, Doctor, but any real Doctor would be able to tell me what hypooxaluria is. Hypooxaluria. Any five-year-old child could tell you what that means. Here, look. Jimmy, stand up and tell us what hypooxaluria is. Uh, hypooxaluria is a condition where too much oxalate in the salt form of oxalic acid is present in urine. Extra marks for you, Jimmy. Here, have some hash browns. Yeah, oh, thank uh, you. Well, Doug. I stand defeated once again. Well, about this disease of yours, Hanover, it is extremely rare. So rare, in fact, that no one's ever heard of it or knows anything about the symptoms. Perhaps you could be a little bit more explicit, Doctor? Forcefully, he thrust her down onto the bed, ripped off her satin panties, and plunged his tongue deep within her heaving mound of Venus. Spectacular, Doctor. I would like to purchase this diagnosis of yours and turn it into a Broadway musical. We'll call it Diagnosis, the Broadway musical. We'll make millions, but first, I need to know more about this disease of mine, Doctor. Tell me how long I've got without making a penis joke. Well, you've got... Oh, damn you. That's right, I make you work for the money. Well, if you must know, I'll give it to you straight without you making a gay joke. Well played. You haven't got much time left, Hanover. If I were you, I would take your entire life savings, blow it all on wine, women, drugs. Why don't you go fly off to some third-world country where you can boff native girls all day and maybe die in some manly fashion, fighting sharks or crocodiles and living life to its extreme fullest in the brief amount of time you have left? I see. Well, aren't you going to do the obvious punchline of that's what I did yesterday? No. For I was lost in deep, regretful thought over my own impending mortality. Well, I certainly didn't have much to do in this sketch. That's because the writer hates you, nurse. And that brings us to the end of another program here. Thank you once again for listening. I really appreciate all you guys out there who are listening. My numbers are slowly slowly uh, creeping up. And again, not something I need to necessarily impart to you uh, people. But, uh, you know, I guess it's nice to know your team's winning, as I say. So anyway, the uh, numbers are uh, getting up into the 500 to 600 marks. So that's really cool. And thanks again so much for listening. Uh, I really do appreciate it. If you would like to send me some mail or make a comment, I would appreciate that. I'd like to know, you know, if anybody out there likes my show. You can send me an email at techdiff at tcinternet.net or you can go to techdiff.com, which is my Libsyn site, and you can leave a comment on any of the shows you like or just a comment in general. Uh, I also recommend, once again, to go to nosewatertokyo.com for cool gifts. That's my friend Dave's uh, Dave and Gunn's website out of Tokyo. Uh, I also recommend uh, my wife's podcast, Uncomfortable Questions, uh, suegrandies.libsyn.com, which is available on talk radio under the iTunes menu. And uh, I'm in, all, you just look up Uncomfortable Questions. There's no other podcast out there with that title or with the word uncomfortable in it, to my knowledge. 
and we do a video podcast, and there should be something up brand new tomorrow on that. But I'm a little lackadaisical about that, and I'm very sorry, but I've got to get back on the stick with that. It's going to be a brand new installment of, uh, of, uh, of Channel Surfing Wipeout. Chansurf, chansurfwipe.libsyn.com. Uh, that's also available under comedy in uh, the iTunes. It's a video podcast. In case people don't know that, it's a video podcast. And if you're running iTunes, you can actually watch the video inside of iTunes. If not, you download it. And I guess you have to uh, open it up inside another program. And, of course, you'll need some kind of, of media player. I generally do MPEG-4s, possibly movies, move files, which I think is a QuickTime. But I do it all in QuickTime. So you'll, I guess you'll need something QuickTime compatible to play it back if you're not using iTunes. And I think iTunes comes automatically installed if you are, if you are, are a Windows user. I'm not sure if Windows Media plays QuickTime, because I'm a dunce. I don't know any of this stuff. Last week on the program, we did a joke about uh, Shields and Yarnell. We did the, the mime joke. That was John Henry and myself. Uh, it was pretty much an almost improvised, almost completely improvised little bit of sketch work there. Well, not completely improvised, but but we didn't, we didn't think it. I don't... Here, let me just take an aside here. When I do these shows, I don't... I have notes, but I don't generally have scripts. I, I perform them, and then till I, I keep performing them until I get them right, and I don't actually. So I'm kind of writing them almost on the fly. So it's kind of halfway between improv and scripted show, in case anybody wants to know. I see, refer to it as a scripted comedy podcast, but it's really sort of a little bit of a looser concept than that, which is fine by me. I love working this way. But if I wanted to script this show, I'd have to, I'd have to write the script based on the performance and not the other way around. Um, anyway, we did a, we were doing that joke about mime, the, the whole bit about mimes last week, which a couple of people responded, well, you know, a bunch of people responded to and thought it was very funny, and I appreciate that very much. We did a joke about Shields and Yarnell, and John, I thought it was hilarious that I did a joke about Shields and Yarnell, and John just stared at me because he didn't know who Shields and Yarnell were, because he was a youngin' after all. He's, he's quite a few years younger than me. So, um... For those of you out there who don't know, you can look it up. Look up Shields and Yarnell. Robert Shields and Lorraine Yarnell uh, were a mime pair, a mime team in the 1970s and 80s. They still are. They actually still do performances as Shields and Yarnell. They had their own variety TV show for a while. And they were quite excellent physical comedians. You know, I'm not knocking them at all. I'm not one of those people who knocks mimes. I think mimes are cool. I actually think they're a kind of an interesting. Uh, I think uh, street mimes are, are an interesting idea, and I think the whole performance, I think the art of mime is really cool, and I don't understand why people hate mimes so much. I get a little, I get a little tired of that, because it really is a very, very strict discipline. I was just making fun of the whole concept of it, but I actually do think, I think uh, mimery is really an amazing art form, so, so there you go. And, uh, and if you're interested to know Robert Shields, the reason you see people dressed as mimes standing in the street is because of Robert Shields. Prior to that, it was a stagecraft and in the late 60s, early 70s, I believe, he was the one who, in San Francisco, took it to the streets. He went out into parks and performed it on the street. And he was the very first one who did that, and he was a major tourist attraction back then. So there you go. There was my history of miming. And for all you out there who are mime fans, you know, just keep on keeping on, because mimes, mimes are I mean, You know, I'm not going to devote my life or a website or something to mimes, but I think they're pretty cool. Okay, so there you go. I've also occasionally had questions from people who are interested to know how I do my comedy writing or come up with ideas for my show, and um, I'd like to say that I don't know exactly how or why I come up with ideas, but I do have this in part to impart for the comedy writing, and it, it goes along with the doctor's office sketch. I've done several doctor's office sketches, and this was one of them. But it was an example of something that I think everyone should take to heart if you're going to be creative, doing anything, whether that's writing books, uh, novels, short stories, poetry... Um, any ideas, really. If you're going to come up with any of these ideas, try and take this to heart. I took a familiar situation 
and as it was un- unspooling in my head and I came up with the jokes, I would say to myself, what's the most obvious gag to put here? And then I would do something else entirely, or at least something different different or difficult or or you know not particularly related or the whole to, the whole point to me is a comedy should surprise you and it should be not what necessarily what you expected or if you, if it is a joke that you expected it should be handed to you in such a way that you didn't expect so even if you do a cliched joke or a cliched setup it should be something it should be handed to you in such a way that's either ironic or or um you know, some self-referential or perhaps, you know, deconstructionist. I don't know. I, all I can say is that's one way of doing it, and this is this is a, a version I like to do. I like to try and hit you with stuff that... Uh, and I like to try to hit myself with stuff I, wa- I wasn't expecting because it makes the writing for me fun. And there, that's all I have to say about that. Anyway, once again, thanks to... Didn't mean to get all technical on you there. Um, all, all uh, you know, how, how the, 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 the gear is behind everything. Anyway, whatever. Thanks for tuning in, and I will uh, be back next week with brand new material. And until then, thank you for listening, and goodbye. You're listening to Friday Follies. Jokes, laughs, and guffaws to tickle your funny bone on the Mutual Audio Network. Join us tomorrow morning on Mutual for Saturday Story Circle. Bring the kids, your coloring books, and crayons, and get the whole family into a great start to the day with audio cartoons. You can always subscribe to the full Mutual Audio Network feed for every day of audio drama that fits your fancy. Or discover Saturday Story Circle in your favorite podcast players like Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, or Spotify. The Mutual Audio Network. Listening and imagining together.